Hello friends and welcome to the Living the Eye Life. My name is Lisa Moten. I am a 39-year-old mother of four, wife to one, located in Houston, Texas. And I am all about self-improvement, self-growth, and everything that we need to do to get to our optimal state of being. So before I get started, you always know that we have to start out with our disclaimer. I did not go to school to be a licensed clinician, psychiatrist, psychologist, or anything related to mental health that requires a credential to treat patients. I can only speak from my own experiences. So please, if you are in need of any type of mental health services, please contact the professionals. Okay, friends, so today what I want to talk to everybody about is self-care. So before we get started on that, let's say I, I actually saw a message come across my Facebook as I was doing some research on today's topic, and it was a quote that said, self-care is about learning to listen to yourself, your mind, your body, and your spirit, and, love, and loving yourself enough to give each part what it needs to heal. So self-care is something that's very important for all of us for a variety of different ways. And self-care definitely looks different to a lot of different people. My self-care is not going to look like yours and yours isn't going to look, look like mine. But in the end, self-care is definitely going to make you feel better, going to make me feel better, and ultimately is really going to help us elevate to that place in our lives that draws peace and happiness for us and our families. Okay, so we talked about um, that quote that I had on self-care, which I really enjoyed, by the way. Um, but let's talk about what the actual definition of self-care is. So self-care is the practice of individuals looking after their own health using the knowledge and information available to them. Okay, so what exactly does that mean? So it means that we get to know ourselves. We get to know what brings us joy. We get to know what brings us happiness. We get to really deep down, get to deep dive down inside of our souls and bring out what it is that's going to make us a better person at the end of the day. So whenever we talk about self care, um, you know, self care isn't isn't going out and spending loads of money. And I think that we talked about this last episode. So it's not about going out spending loads of money buying new cars, buying a brand new house, the ha the size of your house, getting all these exuberant things. That's definitely not self-care because what those things do is they make you feel good at the time. You know, they're a very um, temporary feeling that they give you, um, those materialistic things. Um, so true self-care is something that you can take with you day to day for the long term that's going to develop you into a better person, but not just on the outside, but on the inside as well. So self-care isn't just one end-all be-all conversation piece. It's just not one feeling. There's actually levels to self-care. Okay, there's different pillars. Um, so if you're thinking of a house, right? Um, so different the different pillars in the front of the house that build the house that make the house complete and make that house whole. Well, we're gonna think about self-care in the same way. Okay, it's just not one pillar that's gonna hold my roof up. I need several different pillars to hold my roof up, okay? So, and your your roof obviously is an analogy for yourself. Okay, um, so those pillars are being physical, being social, taking care of your emotional needs, 
taking care of your intellectual needs, and then also attending to your spiritual needs as well. So the first one that we mentioned is physical care. Okay, so we need to take care of ourselves physically. So what does that mean? Does it mean going to the gym for four or five hours at a time and pushing your body to its absolute limit every day? Absolutely not. That is not what we're talking about in physical care, okay? Um, so physical care is is doing things that really get your get your blood pumping, right? Um, working out does really help you release endorphins, which will help you manage your stress and relieve your stress. Um, so finding that one activity that you like to do that gets you up, gets you moving, gets your blood flowing. Okay, last week I was very clear with you guys that you are not going to find me in a gym. It's just not my thing. I tried to make it my thing many times in the past, and ultimately I just end up with a bunch of gym memberships that I don't use and but still pay for because that's what I do. I spend money on things that I don't use. Um, so my physical care is, um, you know, I walk my dog. Like I said last week, I walk him three times a day, 20 minutes a day for a total of an hour a day. Um, so we're going out in the morning at seven in the morning, uh, whenever I come home for lunch at noon, we're out again. And then whenever I, um, get done feeding him and watering him in the evening, then we're out again about seven or eight o'clock in the evening, depending on the heat. Before we talk about our physical, it's not only about us, you know, getting exercise. It's not about us moving around, getting our blood pumping, right? It's also about the things that we put into our bodies, um, so I have several friends who are very, very health conscious. I fall on and off the wagon many times. Let's, let's be real. Um, I am a typical yo-yo dieter. I'll say that. Um, my weight fluctuates, uh, pretty, pretty significantly, um, year over year. Um, and like I said, I always feel my best whenever I am, you know, more in shape. Um, and whenever I'm at a lighter weight, um, one of the things that I do is I make sure that what I'm eating, I'm very mindful of. Is it going to be something that is going to make me feel, um, you know, sick? Is it something going to be something that messes with my stomach? Is it going to be something that makes me feel super tired? What is the food that I'm eating going to make my body feel like, you know, an hour from now? Um, one of the things that I think that we're all guilty of is during our lunch breaks, we like to go out with our coworkers and we'll have like these huge lunches, right? Well, it might just be me, but I think I like to think everybody else does that too, but we'll have these lunches and then we get back to the office and we're just so sluggish. It's like, we can't get anything done. It's time for a siesta, but unfortunately we do not do that in the States. So, you know, that meal that I had an hour ago is affecting me now because now I'm finding it hard to focus. I'm finding it hard to get things done. Ultimately, if I could lay down and take a nap at that moment, I would. So being mindful of not only the foods that we, that we intake, but also the volume as well. You know, um, try not to overeat because whenever you overeat, it makes you not really want to do anything, right? So think about Thanksgiving. After you eat, what do you want to do besides drink wine? Um, um, you know, typically you just want to lay around and sleep, right? Um, so always try to be mindful of what you're putting in your body and also the volume that you're putting in your body as well. The second pillar that we need to make sure is built in our foundation is going to be being social. 
So get out of the house, start moving around, and more importantly, be around people who make you feel valued, okay? Um, so getting out of the house for me, what does that look like um, where it's just not me and my dog? Well, I will get together with my friends and family who are local. Uh, we'll go out for dinner, we'll go shopping, we'll get out of the house. Uh, me and my daughter, we might just go and kind of, you know, window shop, um, you know, there's a lot of things that, that, that you can do that gets you out of the house that are going to be healthy for your well-being. Now, if you're leaving the house and going to the bar and drinking yourself into a drunken stupor, that's probably not the best care and that's not the type of socialism that we're talking about or socializing, not socialism, sorry, <laughs> socializing that we're talking about. Um, it's, you know, developing those healthy social skills and those healthy social habits. Um, so I'm typically, I'm a loner. Um, I'll just be honest with you. I have a handful of people that I talk to on the regular, but I might not see them for months at a time. Uh, take my cousin Crystal. I talked about her a couple, couple episodes back. Super close. We text all the time. Um, she's more like a sister to me than a cousin. Um, but her and I, we might only see each other maybe three to four times max. Um, throughout the year. And it's usually for holidays, for birthdays, or if I'm having some kind of midlife crisis and I need her here now, then she is definitely there now. Um, but I don't have those as much as I used to. So she saves some, she's definitely saved some gas on that. Um, so anyhow, yeah. So, uh, so for me, it was really difficult to be able to get out into social settings because I would say that I do have a mild social anxiety, which is one of the reasons that would lead me to drink whenever I was drinking real heavily because for me to be around people, I felt like I needed a drink to loosen up, to make myself not so nervous. Um, so now I'm better. Um, now I can go out and now I can go around people without having the need to drink and really just um, sit there and just have a good time. More recently, I had some girlfriends come over and I made us lunch and stuff like that. And they know that I'm pretty much on this sobriety thing right now. Um, but so they brought, you know, wine and drinks and stuff like that. And they were like, well, do you want one? And I was like, yeah, I'll have one, you know, but it was a very mild drink. It wasn't anything that was, that was super, um, that was super strong and it didn't take me out of my right frame of mind. Now, these girlfriends that came over are also the same girlfriends who have seen me drink 12 to 18 beers in one sitting. <laughs> so they know I can put it down whenever I want to put it down. Um, but, you know, like I said, getting around people who make you feel valued. Um, so my girlfriends, they always do make me feel valued. But at that time, whenever I was drinking a lot, they definitely supported me. My cousin Crystal supported me. My best friend in Missouri, she supported me. Um, so I have a very sh small support system, but it's a very strong support system. Now the people who are for me, they are for me. Okay. They will ride it until the wheels fall off. They will have my back whenever I'm doing something that they don't agree with. They address it with me. They talk to me about it and then they move on. It's not something that they're going to hold against me five years from now. Um, so it's very important that whenever you're developing your social aspects of your self-care, that those people around you are, again, for the fourth time, people who make you feel valued. Because if you start going out and you start being around people who are, 
you know, negative. They always have something to say about somebody or even even about you. Um, they always want to be in the bars. They always want to do be doing things that isn't supporting that physical care, right? Um, then naturally, you're just going to fall into that, into kind of that funk with them, you know? So other people like to have you feel their funk, okay? So try to limit the funk feelings of other people. Um, so social is very important. So get up out that house and get around people who make you feel valued. Okay, so as we're sitting here building our own self-care house, um, our next pillar is going to be emotional care. Okay, so it's very important that we learn how to nurture our emotions. So what does that look like? Um, well, for some people, especially me, it's um, for therapy. Um, I am a regular therapy um, patients, uh, you know, it took me a while, like I told you guys before, it took me a while to find the therapist that worked for me. Um, I am on my fifth, fourth or fifth therapist, I believe, um, at this point, but I had to find one that, you know, was able to teach me, lead me and guide me on how to care for myself and how to nurture my emotions. Um, because, you know, as we're growing up, we start thinking, okay, emotions. Emotions are a bad thing to have. We're not supposed to show emotions. We're not supposed to be vulnerable around other people. And so I'm going to shut off and I'm going to keep all this stuff to myself. Well, let me tell you that that is not normal. Okay. Um, so we need to take the idea of keeping our emotions to ourselves. We need to take that out of our vocabulary and out of our mindset altogether. Okay. Um, some other things that you can do is going to be support groups. Um, but one of the things that I will warn you about support groups is um, trauma bonding. So trauma bonding is whenever you guys are talking about your issues, and but you're feeding off of somebody else's sadness. They're feeding off of your sadness. And it's just kind of like a tit for tat. I'm sad. No, I'm sad. No, I'm sad. I'm right. You know, it, it's never ending, right? So... It, I've experienced this before in some groups where, you know, I end up leaving the group feeling worse than I did whenever I got there because I'm taking on everybody else's trauma and I'm taking on everybody else's, you know, pain and I'm giving them mine. Um, and it really does become unhealthy. Um, so if you are going to participate in support groups, um, I would recommend getting involved in some that have moderators, um, some that are, um, you know, licensed clinicians because they're going to be able to keep you on track and they're going to be able to bring the group back to a healthy place, especially whenever they recognize trauma bonding. They're the ones who are trained in it. They're the ones who know how to recognize it and they're the ones that are going to be able to bring the group back in. Um, whenever we talk about support groups, another thing that I want to mention about them, um, try to avoid the Facebook support groups. Okay. Um, so a little short story, um, whenever Alonzi was in the hospital, um, I joined some NICU support groups on Facebook. Okay. A lot of them had really good stories, but then a lot of them told really dark stories about their NICU stays. I mean, they're not dark stories. They're beautiful stories, to be honest, but it's not something that I needed to be reading at that time. So here it is. My daughter's super fragile. I don't know if she's going to make it, but I'm reading these stories online about 
you know, women who lost their children in the NICU of infections, you know, because they were preemies, everything that Alonzia was going through is what I was reading with the grim, grim results online. Okay. Um, so then after Alantia died, I joined a support group for grieving mothers who lost children, um, neonatal death, um, miscarriage, stillbirth, things like that. So I actually unfollowed that group recently um, because I know that people want to put out their feelings and their emotions and th sometimes they don't have anywhere else to turn. But to me, and this is just my feeling alone, it's somewhat socially inappropriate to post a photo of your dead child, you know, and, you know, and, and I feel terrible for saying that because I, I know I don't want to tell anybody how to grieve. Um, but whenever I'm thinking about my daughter, you know, I my last memory with her is holding her as she was passing away. And that's not something that I want to continue to relive and experience. Um, sorry. So um, whenever I'm seeing this online and it just wasn't one, it was about three or four within the matter of like four hours. And I was like, oh, well, wait, hold on. I can't see this. So I immediately unfollowed the group. If I end up getting back on and following the group again, I don't know. But, you know, I had to put that boundary for myself of, you know what, that's something that I can't subject myself to. Um and that's not something that is helping elevate my emotions. Um, so again, uh, support groups are great, but please be mindful and please um, remember that they need to be appropriate to you. Um, so some people might not have been bothered by the photos that I saw online, but I'm sorry, dead child, dead baby is always going to bring me back to, you know, when... I was holding my daughter as she was dying. And that's not something that I wish to revisit um, on a random Tuesday afternoon. Okay, so I find it really ironic that we were talking about emotional care and I got emotional. <laughs> Actually, no, because emotions are a really deep thing and they're what, you know, I was feeling it. Um, so I felt the feeling and I moved on, right? So that's what it's all about is feeling a feeling and moving on. Um, so let me see, what are we on? The one, two, three, fourth, the fourth pillar of this house that we're building is our intellectual care. So stimulate your mind. So how does, how, how does one stimulate their mind? So for me, um, uh, I've talked about it a couple times on here, but I decided to go back to college about a year ago. Um, so I'm continuously doing homework. Sometimes I'm crazy. One semester, I think I took like seven classes in one semester. I was out of my mind then, but <laughs> I'm better now. Um, but anyhow, uh, you know, I take, you know, about three classes at a time. It really gets my mind moving. It gets my mind going and it's, you know, really giving me enlightenment on things that I had no clue about before. Um, so I've always been a pretty savvy businesswoman. Um, in another episode, we'll kind of get into what I do for a living. Um, because a lot of people often wonder that they're like, uh, you know, we know you have a job, but we don't know exactly what you do anyway, neither here nor there. Um, but 
even though I pride myself in being a smart businesswoman, there were still things about business that I didn't understand. So I decided to um, go back to college, um, get this degree in business. And yeah, um, I'm actually going to be finished in December. But I was accepted to do to two different programs at two different colleges to continue um, in January. So I will be continuing my education uh, come January. Um, so you might say, okay, school really isn't for me. It's not something that I have time to do and I don't have the money to pay for it. You know, la da 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 whatever, whatever. Um, so school might not be your thing, okay? But what is your thing? How can you stimulate your intellect? Well, you can do that by reading a book, you know, taking up a hobby that you don't know anything about, deep diving into a subject that you frankly really don't know too much about, but become, becoming a, an expert in in that subject. Um, so there's several different things that you can do intellectually that is going to help you, you know, build that part of your self-care program. Um, for me, it's college. For some other people, it might be reading. For some other people, it might just be going to have lunch with somebody that they admire and might just be picking be picking their brain for pointers on how to continue to grow in your career. Whatever the case may be, um, you know, find it. Find what stimulates your mind and find what keeps your mind going. They always say an idle mind is the devil's playground, and I most certainly do believe that. Um, whenever I don't keep my mind busy, um, I find myself starting to slip into those depression and start slipping into anxiety. Um, so really being able to um, stimulate my mind on a regular basis is what definitely helps me build that fourth pillar of my house. And the fifth and final element or pillar, so we'll keep it in the same in the same context. Um, the the fifth and final pillar to this house that we're building is going to be sp spiritual care. Okay, so what is it that helps nourish your soul? Okay, so that can be a little bit tricky, you know. But the one thing that I do want to recommend to everybody is find something to believe in. Okay, it doesn't matter what it is. Find something and believe in it. And this something is going to be, you know, higher than oneself, okay? Um, for me, in the mornings, I have a ritual in the morning. Um, so after I get done walking Luther and I come in and I start getting ready for work, I always listen to old Joel Osteen, okay? Love Joel or hate Joel, it doesn't matter. He has a really good message, okay? Um, I'm not really much of an organized religion person, but he definitely knows how to motivate. Um, and he gives me hope that, you know, all this is for something. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, even if you don't know what that something is quite yet, start believing, start believing in something. Um, so another, another story about me, of course, you guys probably think I've talked <laughs> talk about myself too much, but sorry about that. Um, so one of the things that make me feel good, um, and you guys may or may not think I'm hokey for this, but I do see a spiritual advisor. Um, I see her about once a quarter. Um, and we talk about, you know, kind of some met metaphysical things, if you will. Um, she helps me with practices on 
kind of where do I go from here? What do I do from here? And she helps me through this process of, hey, you know, this is what could potentially happen, um, but you need to continue to push forward. You know, it, it, it really fills my spirit. It really does. And whenever I first started seeing her, it was about a year and a half ago. And it was at the time of my life where I was completely broken. Um, I was sad. She could tell I was sad. Um, the very first day that I saw her, um, just so happened to be by accident. Um, I was at a shop and she was there and I just, you know, went in there and I started talking to her. Um, and she could just feel the heaviness. She could feel my heart. She could feel everything. Um, she could, she could feel all of my energy. Um, so a year and a half later now, um, and, and we're not like on a specific schedule, but just the way that things have been working out for her and I, um, have been like pretty much a quarterly basis. Um, so I saw her, I guess about six months or six weeks ago. And she just said, Lisa, you just do, cannot believe just the difference in you from a year and a half ago to now. She was like, your energy is just different. Your physical is just different. She was like, just something about you is just so different now. You know, whereas, like I said, a year and a half before I was broken, she saw me at my worst and now she's seeing me at my best. Um, so anyhow, so whenever I started seeing her, it was really difficult for me because growing up, you know, not that I grew up in a super um, religious household because they weren't, they were far from, right? Um, but you always hear, you know, you have to believe in God, you have to believe in Jesus, you have to believe in this, you have to believe in that, which, you know, I'm not one to tell somebody who to agree in, or I'm sorry, and who or what to believe in. And I definitely do believe in God and I, and I believe in Jesus and I believe that there is another, another life waiting for us after this one that we're at. I, I honestly really feel like that this life that we're living every day is just a stopping point until we get to our ultimate, um, our ultimate place and, and at, at the end of the road, however you want to say it. So it was hard for me Whenever I started seeing the spiritual advisor, because I'm like, you know, you hear that God is what you should believe in and it's not about anything else besides what God says. Well, how about the spiritual advisor made me feel good, you know? And it wasn't anything that was dark. It wasn't anything that was evil. As a matter of fact, if you were to walk up to her, you would just think that she was somebody's Aunt Susie. You know, she is so normal, so laid back, so down to earth. Um... And she just makes me feel good. Um, and she has helped me discover the spiritual side of me, okay? Do I have crystals next to my bed? I do, you know. Um, they each mean a little bit of something different. But for most of the crystals that I have are for healing. It's not for like, oh, you know, I'm going to sleep with this crystal and I'm going to wake up a millionaire tomorrow. It's not about that. You know, crystals are definitely about energy and the positive vibrations that they can bring to your life. Um, now, does that mean that I agree with those people who are going to do like voodoo and stuff on people? No, I don't because I do think that that's evil, right? And doing evil, you know, using, using what you have to do evil on other people is never going to be good for you in the out, in, in the, in the outcome, right? Um, but for me and my spiritual advisor, you know what? She gives me some guidance on where I need to go and what I need to do. And guess what? she's never steered me wrong. 
you know, she, she always gives me that good information with the best of intentions. Um, I will continue to see her. Um, if you have any questions about her information, cause I don't just want to blast her information out on this platform. Um, but if you're ever curious on who she is and what she does, you know, shoot me a Facebook message or Instagram or shoot me a text and I'll give you the information, um, to her cause she does do online stuff as well. Okay. So that was a lot. You know, I really didn't think that us building our own house was going to take as long as it did, you know, but what do they say? Practice makes perfect and perfection is not really what we're striving for. But whenever it comes to our own self-care and our own healing, we get as close to perfect as we can, right? Uh, we're never done growing in our journey. And that's one thing that I want everybody to understand and to realize is that your journey is never over and it's never done. Um, but at the same time, it's also never too late to start your journey. Um, everybody's journey is going to look different. Don't compare yours to mine and I'm not going to compare mine to yours. Um, as long as we're healing, that's what, what we should all be aiming for. So with that, um, I just want to give you a reminder that self-care will help you also to eliminate all the trivial, mundane issues of everyday life. So give yourself a pat on the back, love on yourself, hug yourself, and always remember to live the I life. <music>